Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome, everybody, and good evening. You're with Being a Leader, live with Brenda Baird. It's a radio show about leadership. Whether you're a first-time manager, a seasoned executive, or you're simply exploring the art of self-mastery, this show will get you thinking about the essential skills a leader must master. My philosophy is we are all leaders somewhere in our life, and certainly we are the leaders of our own life. I'm Brenda Baird, and I'm your host tonight. I'm a certified professional coach and energy leadership master practitioner. Each episode of Being a Leader draws on my 35-plus years of experience integrating self-awareness into building teams and leading people to get work done, and personal coaching and creative new ways of thinking about common leadership problems. Tonight's show is live, and I take callers on the air. If you would like to ask a question or share a comment, you can call in at 646-716-9397. Just press 1 to get in the queue, and we'll take your calls just as soon as we can. Now, if you're not able to call in, you can send your questions to Brenda at brendabairdcoaching.com. Well, I am so excited because tonight we are actually broadcasting live from Chicago, and the city is abuzz with celebration. The holidays are full steam here in the Windy City. There's such a rich tradition of holiday celebration in Chicago from their annual museum festivities, the live theater, and the magnificent mild lights, and it really all kicks off now with uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, So Thanksgiving is really one of those special times of the year. I am so honored to have tonight's guest on the show. My guest believes that the human suffering is optional, and she is committed to finding more and more ways to make this message accessible and useful for the mainstream. Joining me tonight from Boulder, Colorado, is Corey Katuna a writer, graphic designer, and a founding member of Trifinity Corporation. Corey has an unrelenting fascination with self-mastery and the mechanics of life. Her perpetual priority is to discover and access the best-case scenario, and in her goal, it is to, pro- to positively impact the most amount of people in the shortest amount of time. Corey graduated from the University of Colorado at Boulder with a degree in international business and Spanish with a minor in technical arts and media. And she did her thesis project on intrinsic motivation. So welcome to the show, Corey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, Brenda. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more, if you would, about being the founding member of Trifinity Corporation. What does that mean exactly? Um, Well, I'm one of 12 original team members that are sort of the founding group of this company called Trinfinity. And uh, we're about maybe a little less than a year old. So we're starting to grow. Mm. And um, the whole company is, um, it's based on enlightenment and empowerment, but from the perspective of 
um, mass impact and mass access. So not sort of ethereal spiritual talk, but how to master your life, get the best out of yourself, have the biggest contribution and the most profound contribution you can have. So really how to, how to reach your own potential. That's sort yeah. of the uh, unifying concept that brought the 12 of us together and now propels us into our future goals. Yeah. So I, I know prior to the show, I actually hopped on the Trifinity uh, website and there's a lot of really great information there. Trifinity.com, I think is the address. It's Trinfinity with an N dot U-S. Dot U-S. Okay. Sorry. Right. I'll repeat that. Trinfinity dot U-S. A right. lot of information there about the mission of the company and the people involved and also about some of the projects that you do, uh, which was really fascinating to read. So I would encourage everyone to, you know, not during the show, but sometime soon, tap on there and take a look at um, the work of Trinfinity because it really is um, phenomenal. And you can actually read more of Corey's inspiring and thought-provoking insights at CoreyKatuna.com. She writes a very uh, interesting blog that has very relevant and current topics for folks. And really, your insights, Corey, uh, were quite inspiring. Um, your bio says that you actually dedicate your blog to redefining seemingly negative circumstances so that they're empowering and energizing. And just that statement alone on the blog just uh, really uh, got me charged up. Oh, that's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah, I can just uh, read it in your words and I can feel the positive energy that just uh, comes through that. So if anyone out there would like to join our conversation, please call 646-716-9397 and press one to get in the queue or send your questions to Brenda at brindabairdcoaching.com. You know, this show tonight, Corey, was actually inspired by your blog. Um, I personally was struggling myself with preparing for this show, and I think I shared this with you. I just couldn't come up with a topic. I was coming off of the national election. Uh, holidays were right on the cusp of what I needed to walk into and I just was struggling with what do I bring to the show that is going to be relevant and helpful to my listeners and then the universe provided me with a glimpse <laughs> into your blog and I read your blog why I feel good about the election and when I saw that title I thought I need to read this because I was really operating from a lower level of energy and feeling like a little gloom and doom. And I really wanted to get out of that state of mind. So once I read the blog, I was totally inspired and um, said, this is what the show is going to have to be about because it was really speaking to me. So thank you for that. I'm just absolutely charged up by the mission of the blog, um, the statement to redefine seemingly negative circumstances so that they are empowering and energizing. I wish I would have thought of that. That is a wonderful <laughs> That's a awesome. wonderful Thank slogan, you. you know. So what <laughs> actually prompted you, Corey, to start blogging? Um, well, you can kind of get a, a front row seat to that experience because I, I did it live. So the first um, 
post on my blog was about three months ago, and it's called uh, Just Start with the F word in between those two. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can, this is internet radio. You can use your, use whatever colorful language you want. <laughs> okay. um, so it's called Just Fucking Start. And that was, that was what I was kind of going through in the moment. It was like, I know I've got stuff to say. I know that whenever I have these one-on-ones people are telling me thank you and god if only we would have recorded that conversation and man if only you know i could save this for later and you know i knew i love to write and i and i've been told by many people to start a blog and it was just one of those kind of like a crux it's like am i gonna do this or not and like mm-hmm. if i'm gonna do it how long am i gonna wait or what's my criteria for starting and if I'm not, let's never think about it again. Let's never bring this back into your consciousness. So I chose to, and I addressed all of that in that first post. It was, you know, it's like I keep waiting for the right time. I keep waiting for permission or for some perfect circumstance to just, you know, comfortably set me atop this, you know, professional blogger pedestal where I never have to go through the hard, tricky beginning part where you're kind of going against the grain. Um, and that was just what jump started it. So, so starting with that one, I committed to writing a hundred posts before the end of the year, which I, I doubt I'll hit. I'm, I'm at like 32 right now and we've got just a month and a half left. It's possible, but I kind of doubt it. But what was cool was just getting that imperative from myself. Like I'm going to write a hundred posts before the end of the year. So that means I'm not just going to start with this one and then three weeks later do another. It's like, no, every time. I, I come up with a perspective on something that feels useful instead of uh, mastering it in my mind and then keeping it to myself, I'm going to, I'm going to publish it. And that's yeah. been maybe the, the biggest um, sort of switch of my yeah. life to make, to make that. It reminds me, I think in the alchemist, Paulo Coelho said, um, there's those things that happen in life where you define your life in retrospect, you define your life as your life before and your life after. And starting this blog is absolutely one of those things. My life before and after are different lives. Yeah, that is, that is profound. I, I don't know how many clients I talk to who have ideas or have passions of things that they want to say or do or be. And the fear of jumping out there sort of naked to the world and just expressing themselves without it being absolute perfection paralyzes them. So I just honor you in recognizing through your intuition that you had something to say and you wanted to say it. And the first blog is beautiful in just the rawness of that. And uh, obviously um, it's inspired people because um, we're talking tonight. So, and we did not know each other before I read your blog. So, I mean, it's just really, uh, really fascinating. And uh, I wish you all the best with that. Um, You know, in the last episode of uh, Being a Leader, the topic that I, uh, they had for the last show was called Taming the Turkey. It was a how-to guide for family gatherings. And Essentially, what I wanted to address for folks was the holiday stress that was coming up, you know, and sort of highlight how you can learn to shift your perspective about experiences and take the pressure off of the family gatherings that that sometimes can be quite stressful. So 
With Thanksgiving just two days away, the results of our national election still a very hot topic of conversation. I thought maybe it might be helpful to continue that conversation on tonight's show. I think, nice. Yeah, I think most people agree. Uh, the first rule of Thanksgiving is don't talk politics and religion at the table. <laughs> <laughs> But somehow, if your families are like my families, um, that still somehow happens. Somehow somebody brings it up in a way that then starts a conversation. And I think America is recovering from one of the most adversarial contests in recent history. And it really doesn't matter whether you're a registered Democrat or a Republican. Um, I think everyone is feeling some significant stress from the current election. I, I read recently there was an online survey uh, conducted amongst adults 18 and over by the Harris Poll Company on behalf of the American Psychological Association. And they went on to suggest that across party lines, both Democrats and Republicans, that statistically equally likely to say the election is very or somewhat significant, a significant source of stress for them. Wow. And I've, I, that was profound to me. Um, the, the media has really been a, a, a pulpit for the American public to express what I hear is frustration with the campaign, frustration with the parties and the electoral process in general. And they actually get, have given it a name now, election stress, as they call wow. it. And uh, it's bizarre. And um, it can actually be, I think, exacerbated by family arguments, friend arguments, false stories, images that we see uh, due to this daily coverage of the presidential elections. It's just dominated. If you can imagine, this has dominated our media, our mass media, for really about a year and a half. And I think this overload of information really heightens concern and frustration and particularly when the information can range from factual to hostile or even inflammatory. So, you know, when, when I say about the study and how it doesn't depend on what party, but people feel that it is a significant source of stress, what actually comes up for you? Or, or what do you hear in that when someone says that they're experiencing stress due to the election? What comes to mind about how they're reacting? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that they, well, I'll put it in, in context for myself. So if I'm feeling stressed, if I'm, um, I like to think of the word contracted, if I'm contracted around something, like I feel uh, sort of fragile or vulnerable or pissed off or like, I can, I can really imagine myself like hunching in and kind of just like curling down. When mm -hmm. I feel that way, my, my go-to response is, I don't get it yet. I must mm -hmm. not understand this. If I feel this way, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. So when I hear about this being the sort of main response from, from most of the United States and probably from lots of people around the world, yeah. um, I, I really see it as completely unrelated to the election, just absolutely unrelated. That's a beautiful permission slip. It's like a beautiful symbol uh, for something, but there's always something. Mm -hmm. um, and what it actually, what it actually represents to me is a disempowered uh, 
mindset or disempowered perspective from the collective. So we're sharing this belief system that means, um, or that suggests that things out there are the reason for what, what's going on inside, for how I'm experiencing my life. Yeah. And, and that's, um, well, that's, that's sort of like myth number one. That's like the foundational myth where if we can, if we can, if we can agree on that, we can really move. Yep. Yep. It's, it's, it really is true. And my goal tonight is really to take us to this seemingly stressful situation of the election and to help the listeners sort of remove the judgment that comes from how I describe it is separating ourselves from others and remind them that we right. really are all one and that we are all, all in it together, the whole world, even, you know, depending on what you believe outside of what we know as the earth, that we are all connected. And um, when we separate ourselves from others and put ourselves in a group, then judgment comes. And so uh, hopefully tonight we can shift this election perspective um, to a more positive stream of consciousness that is really fed by positive thinking. And that will help get folks thinking about the answers to questions um, like what is right about the election instead of what is wrong? Nice. What is that opportunity here and now for me? And how can we make this work? So I wonder, what, what are your thoughts, Corey, about shifting that com- consciousness and especially how shifting the consciousness can help the, the American public to heal and sort of move forward? Um, well, shifting, I mean, I just you see might it have, as... You- yeah, you might have a different word for what I describe as shifting consciousness. I feel like it's the moving from a, a negative energy, a lower energy to a higher energy. Nice. And I love the, I love the term shifting consciousness. I really think that's, that's what this is all about. And I see a perfect correlation, actually. That's, there's almost no other variables. Maybe, I, I don't, I'm not sure, but I would say there's probably no other variables. So, uh going from uh, a negative experience of the election or, um, mm-hmm. or just a negative experience of anything ever to a positive one, the prerequisite there, like the only, the only required component is shifting your consciousness, like you said, or uh, raising your level of energy. And mm-hmm. I think the prerequisite for that is knowing uh, knowing that you can is knowing that whatever level of energy you're at right now or whatever perspective you've chosen right now is completely subjective. It's completely manipulable and um, inherently neutral, inherently meaningless. There's no, there's no, it's not more true than anybody else's perspective. And that, that I think is like the nitty gritty tough one to, to, deal with for most people but it's so ridiculously freeing once you uh once you overcome that and sort of embrace that that possibility yeah there's a couple of words that you said there that I remember from 
attending my IPEC coaches training. Um, and the IPEC coach training is actually <clears throat> developed out of all of the research and work of Bruce Snyder. And um, he's a phenomenal gentleman who put together this whole program that has allowed us to help individuals sort of break through their barriers so that they can reach their full potential. And one of the words you used was truth and true. And so many times I think we think things are true, but it isn't, it isn't really what is true. It's our personal true, but it's not the truth. Right. And when we just look at it from our own experience where we're all charged with emotions and thoughts and we're typically not going to see what the truth is. And humans, we're all, we're energetic beings and the body is like this remarkable energy system. And the beautiful thing about that is that it is self-governing and it also is thought affected. And what I mean by that is that every thought we have actually begins to affect our system. Um, yeah. You know, so if you have a negative view of your experience or this experience or the surroundings around you, it's, it's going to be negative because you believe it to be negative. Does that make any sense? I don't know if there's anything else that you Yeah, no, I think you're making a great point. It's kind of like, it's like the the fastest evidence we have that you create your own reality. It's like the most direct path to evidence that, Mm -hmm. I mean, think of the placebo effect or um, how how one of the causes of, you know, ulcers is stress. I mean, how stress is, is like a, a cause for so many diseases that we know of. It's kind of like one of the main ones you hear of. It's like, well, maybe you should meditate or maybe you should um, yeah. read or take a vacation. So yeah. I think you're, you're totally right. It's a nice permission slip again. It's nice evidence that, that we have more control over what's going on circumstantially than we think. Yeah. And so many authors, so many times I think the thought we have about the circumstances actually isn't really the thing. And you actually mentioned that earlier in the show about that the dialogue and the, and the things that we're seeing being expressed by the American people probably isn't really about the election as much as it is about something else. And in the coaching world, we call that the thing behind the thing, right? Oh, <laughs> and, nice. and that sort of is the driving um, force um, of our behavior sometimes. Um, it isn't even really what the circumstances are at hand. So, yeah. yeah. So in the core energy coaching um, theory, uh, based on Bruce Snyder's work, we're actually taught that there are two kinds of energy. And then within those two types of energy, there are seven levels of energy. And each one of them has their own advantages and disadvantages. And we need all of them. Um, and we use all of them all the time. The, the first type of energy is called catabolic. And it is often described as a more destructive energy uh, in a person's life. It's the first two levels of energy. They are categorized as being catabolic. And typically, catabolic energy is the result of someone's individual alignment of their beliefs or their values or their principles that are really in direct opposition to the truth. And sooner or later, like you described, ulcer from stress, sooner or later, this level of energy breaks us down. We have stress, worry, anxiety, um, 
And this level of energy is really where all of our negative emotions live. So sadness, grief, frustration, anger, guilt, shame, all of those things. When we feel exhausted and helpless, this is where we live, are living and is in level one and two. Now, the second type of energy is called anabolic, and it describes the positive energy in a person's life. Level three is the transition, beginning the first level of energy that's anabolic, and then there's levels four through seven that just increasingly are more anabolic. And this energy is considered constructive, balanced. It keeps us healthy mentally, physically, and spiritually. We can experience life as positive and uplifting, feel more control in our circumstances, and make choices that benefit others and ourselves. In this area of anabolic, we feel more motivated and really have a sense of well-being and, and satis satisfaction. And I know in your blog, Corey, you actually um, mentioned that everyone has all seven levels of energy and that each one of them is helpful in a certain in, you know, situation. So as you describe them in your blog, is there anything else about the levels of energy? Any other thoughts about that? Maybe about how sometimes it helps us and sometimes it doesn't or. Um, you know, I, you're, I'm learning a lot from you right now. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know too much about the levels of energy. But except oh. for the except for the model, um, I've heard my you know I know a few people who have completely you know just gone engrossed in the in the coach training and the seven levels of energy and energy leadership, and so I I've I only know what I've learned from them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, no, I'm learning a lot from you. I, yeah. I, I think it's a great, well, great. model. This is fabulous. Um, well, there really are advantages and disadvantages to every one of the energy levels. And for example, um, energy level two is usually described with, you know, anger or fear, but it's actually the level of energy that has you to jump out of the way of a speeding bus, right? You know, there's danger and I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> so there are times when we do have to to be in those levels, but it's when we stay there for long periods of time that we will exhibit this emotional strain um, that is just really not productive for us. And the same is true for some of the higher levels of energy. For example, level four, which is, uh, can be a primary default energy for some people, is the place where we find our compassion for others. And, um, you know, we are concerned about others doing well and winning. And if we stay there for too long, we can actually get burned out because we will put the needs of others ahead of ourselves sometimes. So we really have to have a balance and we really have to understand who we are as people and what situations put us in what levels of energy and is that productive for us or not? And if not, what do I need to move my energy level up? I sort of compare the energy distribution as the stock market you know, it's constantly moving up and down, depending on what you're thinking, what you're feeling, or what kind of emotions you actually bring to, uh, to an event. So nice. Yeah. So you go on to write um, that each energy level has its own associated thoughts and feelings and, and behaviors. And so I'm kind of curious, Everything that you've heard tonight from me and the things that you know about energy, 
Do you think that if we live in a higher consciousness, that it actually prevents people from experiencing stressful events from occurring in their lives? Or, or what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, well, I think it does have an effect. I don't think it, it gets, it just completely uh, gets rid of all stressful events or all sort of confrontational moments or traumas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it gets rid of that stuff, but I, I do think that to an extent we, we do create our reality. So in um, higher levels of energy, um, you know, perhaps you're not, you're not um, sort of provoking chain reactions that are going to turn out, turn out to be stressful situations for yourself later. So I, I do think there is a correlation, the higher level of energy you have, uh, the smoother, quote unquote, smoother your life goes. But more importantly than that, um, I, I think it has way more to do with interpretation and perspective. I mean, I think the 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 circumstances, like I said, are are just inherently neutral. So mm-hmm. it, the higher your level of energy, the more capacity you have to interpret a situation that might seem really stressful as just the perfect opportunity like the best thing the thing that you were just hoping would happen and yeah of course it's chaotic right now but it's the catalyst for the thing that you were hoping would happen and you can see it that way before before the thing you're hoping for even happens um so that I think is the that's the like the skill that's the muscle that I think folks are trying to strengthen here as they try to raise their energy is seeing the bigger picture and seeing the 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 story that most resonates with them and most fills them with life and uh, regenerates them instead of drains them. Yeah. I actually wrote that down on my notepad that experiences are typically inherently neutral is what you said. Um, That's really, I'm going to have to sit and meditate on that one for a while because that is giving me like an aha moment. Um, nice. Really, that is the fact, right? That the things that happen around us that are out of our control are inherently neutral. It's how we interpret them. It's the assumptions we make from what just happened. Um, the judgment we put on it, that determines whether that circumstance is going to be uplifting or it's going to be stressful. So, Beautiful. yeah. You know, this reminds me yeah. of... Antonio Massaro says, um, the, the worse you feel, the more you are identifying with physical reality. So the, the worse you feel, that means you're identifying with what's happening right now physically around you. The better yeah. you feel, the more you're identifying with what's possible or with the, the, the future you want or with... Um, you know, your true self, your, your intuition or your, um, you know, your inner self. So, but the worse you feel, the more you think that your reality as it is right now is the reality and it is the truth and it is what you have to deal with. And Uh I mean, he calls that a direct correlation. So you can all, if you feel bad, you think reality is real. Yes. Isn't that interesting? The better you feel, the less reality, the less real you think reality is. Yeah. 
Oh, it's almost mind blowing. You know, you, you really right? have to think oh, for me anyway, I, I must be a slow learner. I just have to think about it for a long time because inherently neutral. And the, if I feel bad, it's because I'm basing everything in this reality that isn't really the truth. Right. Yeah. I decide. <laughs> nice. No, it's cool. To, it's so It's so cool to just hear you, uh, like noodling over this because I think it is such a it's just imperative like this it's it, it's one of the most exciting topics I think to realize it it's the emotional guidance system you know it's when you feel bad you're getting guidance it's like no you're you're perceiving reality incorrectly when you feel yeah. better you're perceiving reality more correctly That's you know right. reality yeah. which is which is flexible and manipulable and exciting and filled with possibilities and infinite parallel realities. I mean, that's the reality that's more true. That's right. Oh, that's phenomenal. Thank you for that. Totally. Thank you. Oh, that was, that was, I'm feeling really pumped up right now. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back to the blog. (laughs) Actually, uh, what just, uh, helped me so much is you actually blogged five perspectives on Donald Trump as the new president of the United States. And your article has gotten a lot of buzz on Facebook and especially in my coaching community, Facebook page, it's been shared and shared over and over and over. Uh, even with the life coach radio, it's been shared, um, which is the broadcasting system of this show. Uh, everyone's saying, listen to this, look at this, read this. This is about the seven levels of energy, and it's got a really relevant perspective for what's happening to all of us. So I thought it might be great for us tonight if we could just sort of summarize for the listeners those five perspectives and what they kind of sound like. And then if they want more information, they can go to your blog and, and actually read it. But I thought we could start out maybe that I could give just a quick description of the energy level associated with the perspective that you gave. And uh, then you could follow up with, um, you know, what that actually sounds like if someone is expressing themselves working in that level of energy or that perspective. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So a little asterisk by this for all the listeners that, you know, we're trying to go through this with as much of a bipartisan position as we possibly can. Um, You know, so just uh, know that we're trying to hold true to that. So, okay. For the listeners who are going to listen to us and go through this information, here's something I think might be important for you to do is as you go through it, notice which of these perspectives actually aligns most closely with yours. Meaning, can you hear yourself actually saying some of these words. Does the energy level as I describe it seem familiar to you? And then the big question is, where do you see anabolic and catabolic levels of energy showing up in your own life? So let's get started here with level one. Ready, Corey? Yes, let's go. All right, level one energy is the lowest level of energy. And when we operate in level one, we feel as though we have a lack of choice or options. At level one, individuals feel trapped by certain circumstances where they believe that they are in some way at the effect 
of what's happening around them. Emotionally, the level one energy feels bad and engagement for life is typically very low. So let's talk now, Corey, about what that perspective might actually sound like if we were talking about the election. Yeah, sure. So this, this sucks. I mean, what the hell? I, why am I voting? Why did I even vote? Why? Uh, the system doesn't work. The system is totally rigged and against us. Nobody has any power. This is, this is bullshit for real. I mean, where do these people even come from? Like, who even who would vote for such an idiot? Who what? Uh, I don't even know. I don't. Yeah. I'm offended. Yeah. Boy, you hear that everywhere, especially um, pre-election. We heard folks saying, "I'm not even going to vote." Right. I don't have any impact on anything, um, and so I'm not even going to vote. And so, as we relate that back to what level one energy sounds like it's like I have no I'm at the effect of these circumstances around me and we know that they that may be what you think is the truth when you're operating there but it's not what's true because circumstances are inherently neutral right (laughs) (laughs) I love that (laughs) oh yeah so level two energy is characterized by conflict with the core emotion of level two is anger. This energy contains thinking of antagonism, struggle, resistance, frustration, and even defiance. So how might that sound as we talk about elect president elect Trump? Yeah, this one is what I see every, this is a popular one, I think. So it sounds like, Oh, hell no. This idiot. This Are you kidding me? Donald Trump? It could have been Hillary Clinton, somebody who's worked hard and busted her ass, and she's just been totally demonized by the media, and we get this imbecile in office. This is, this is completely corrupt. This, this, no chance. Like, I can't stand for this. I might move to Canada. I need to get my family out of here. I'm pissed. I'm not okay with this. This is not right. I am not proud of my country. I'm disgusted. Let's fight. Let's fight. Mm-hmm. We see it in the streets. We see it in the news. Uh, folks who are, you know, operating in the level one energy who can't see past the anger. Um, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it is one of the predominant energies, I think, that, that we're seeing from the American people is this level of anger. Yeah. So people who have a lot of level three energy, they are actually masters at rationalization. They motivate themselves and others by finding ways to cope, release, forgive, tolerate, compromise, and sort of explain away any resentment they might have, stress, disappointment, or any other burden um, in order to just foster cooperation amongst others so hit us with that perspective well yeah this is a this is a better feeling one so I like this is you know a Mm -hmm. little more familiar um 
I, you know, and I think honestly, I, I had a, a bit of this one during the election. So it's kind of just sounds like, well, shit, there you go. There you have it. That's how, uh, that's how an electoral college and a democracy in today's world looks. And so, so now what? Um, I'm definitely not going to wallow in my misery on this. And I know there's a lot of people that are, that are upset or struggling. So, so what's here for me to learn and how can we be responsible and productive as, uh, as a country? (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, whatever your politics is, is, I think we heard a lot of this from folks day two and three from the election, people who were just trying to reconcile, what do we do now? Folks that we turn to for advice and information, you know, certain media outlets or even other um, elected officials or campaign supporters, they actually kind of were operating in this mode and sort of just like reconciling this thing as this, is our democracy and this is just how it goes and now what so we just can only go from this point and um how can we handle it most responsibly right yeah yeah so level four energy this energy as i said before has a great deal of compassion for others um they inspire others. They inspire themselves. Their, their passion is really to serve others. They like to foster collaboration and teamwork and loyalty. This is a very high level of energy, which uh, in most circumstances really can lead to um, great success, this caring for other people. So perspective four, Corey. So this is the toughest one for me to to tune into when I wrote the blog um, I think because it's so uh, native for me or natural for me it's kind of like the it's like you know what's the saying about if you're I don't know seeing the water if you're the fish it's like it's so how I think and how I operate that it was a little harder for me to tune into this one mm-hmm. um, but so but what I was feeling and how I think it manifests and shows up is this is people are hurting and how can I help them? Oh my God. Donald Mm -hmm. Trump is, you know, this is intense. This is a big deal. People are going to be going through all kinds of stuff. What's Mm -hmm. there for me to do? Like, how can I, how can I step in here and help people see that breakdowns lead to breakthroughs and Mm -hmm. serve as people overcome their, their lack belief. So their disempowering definitions. How can I, how can I serve? What can I do now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we actually heard a message out of level four energy from President Obama, who obviously was disappointed, I think, with the election outcome. But what he said to the American people was, um, I'm here to help. I'm here to be available. And even days after the election said he would make himself available long after what would normally be a traditional transition time for the handoff from one um, power to the next. And I think that's really where, you know, where he comes from is this servants of others and helping others. And I think that his message is an example of 
working out of a level four. So the, the final level of energy that we're going to talk about on tonight's show is level five. And although there are seven levels of energy, we're only going to just cover the first uh, five tonight. So level five. Level five energy sort of reconciles good and bad and right and wrong so that nothing is judged one way or the other. People that live in level five energy begin to see everything as an opportunity, meaning that they don't simply make lemonade out of lemons, but they are generally excited by the things that do not go as planned or as, as they thought they should be, <clears throat> excuse me. And I think that's an important distinction for level five. They aren't sort of tolerating at level five. That isn't what level five is about. Level five energy is just that everything is an opportunity, even when it doesn't turn out the way you think it should. So reconciling, accepting differences rather than identifying and focusing on how to change them to a predetermined way. Um, that really is what level five energy is all about. So, um, so how, how would you express that in the election, election results, Corey? Nice. This is, this is huge. This is exciting. Oh my God, this is going to change everything. This is going to totally transform the way people relate to catalyst and uh, negative circumstances. This could be the wake up factor for a lot of the mainstream who are, you know, sheep-like and moving about their lives in this sort of trance. So this is such a disruption, which with the climate crisis coming and all kinds of other sort of, you know, corruptions or issues bubbling to the surface, this is the perfect opportunity for us to get our shit together and, and wake up and become more conscious, conscious of our experience of our reality and, and to the fact that we are creators of our reality. I mean, this, this is the best thing that could have happened. Yeah, it's sort of waking everybody up, um, no matter what your perspective is on, on Mr. Trump, it wakes up the world, not just in America, but wakes up the world to perhaps, uh, like you said, I, I envisioned everyone kind of walking down the streets of New York that looking like sheep, you know, but to actually be more attuned to their own self-awareness. Right. And I think in a lot of cases, it's, it's moving people up the spectrum. They don't realize it because it's only going from, you know, level one victimization to level two anger. But so many yeah. people have just been, in, you know, sort of apathetic and, you know, receptive victims to their circumstances, like they're the ones receiving their lives. And now they're so pissed off about Trump there. They're getting pissed and they're getting angry. And it's tough to see that as an advantage right now. But yeah. to put it on the spectrum of moving from apathy to activism, that's, that's a step. That's a step in a very short spectrum. You know, it only goes a few, a few levels. So just yeah. one step like that is a huge, a huge and positive move. And there's a lot of research by Mr. Snyder that suggests that we really have better outcomes if we actually can progress through the levels of energy and actually remain open to what each level actually is there to show us, if that makes sense. Right. <laughs> so like to, be in, to be in level two and to be angry that, that President-elect Trump isn't going to be in office, 
allows you an opportunity to reflect on that reality and, you know, and sort of begin to shift perspectives to move you to the next level, which, you know, one level at a time is a step in the right direction. Yes. No, we actually had a, a question come in, a couple of questions come in. Um, the Someone wants to know how they can get involved in Transfinity Corporation. Wow, cool question. So yeah. right now the most um, sort of direct access to Transfinity is going to be through Transfinity.us. We've got a crowdfunding campaign that we just launched and um, we're, we're a couple, we're pretty new at our sort of um, database for people who are interested. We're new putting this together and getting it sort of coordinated. Um, but I think there's a form you can sort of plug your name in and your, and your contribution or your skill or the thing that you're interested in working with us on uh, into the website there. And if not, my email is Corey at BentinoMassaro.com. That's um, the founder who founded our company. Okay. Um, yeah, if you can't find anything there, you can reach out to me. Perfect. And so just so uh, everyone is aware, it is T-R-I-N-F-I-N-I-T-Y dot U-S. Great. I actually have a question that, that came in through the email from a previous um, show where I made a comment, and this person I don't believe uh, really agrees with my statement, but my um, talking about the levels of energy, I think that it is um, a relevant question to bring forward. This person wants to know, how, how do I possibly believe that annoying traits of other people are a reflection on me. So what this question is getting to is <laughs> my suggestion that if you are experiencing a circumstance with someone and they annoy you, that it is actually a reflection on yourself. And this person is saying, how can you say that? Well, it's called the mirror, mirror of reflection. And maybe you've heard that before. Um, where the things that when someone challenges us or there's a conflict, um, there really is some aspect of us that perhaps a behavior or a trait that we actually exhibit or that something we haven't reconciled within ourselves that actually triggers us and makes us feel annoyed by the other person because unconsciously we could actually be annoyed about this trait for ourselves. And the really wonderful thing about this is the next time you encounter someone who truly annoys you, if you could just swing the focus off of that person and just begin to think about yourself in what areas of your life do you need to work on so not to be that way. And just take the focus off the other person and put the focus on yourself. And hopefully that helps answer. <laughs> Bob from Tennessee, hopefully that answers your question. If not, send me another email and we'll continue <laughs> the conversation. I don't know, Corey, uh, you have, I have anything thought to about add that on too, that? Yeah. Uh, there, so <laughs> I, I feel you so much, Bob from Tennessee. Is that right, Bob from Tennessee? Yeah. 
Yeah. So that is just, you just hit home for me with that one. But I've um, recently, I've kind of had a breakthrough in this area. So instead of seeing it like a, uh, like a reflection, like a reflection directly, like this is reflecting me right now. This is evidence of some way that I've been uh, imbalanced or out of alignment. Instead of doing that, which to me, it just drains my energy to do that. Think of it as retrospectively as possible. So if you were your future self, imagine your future self is um, kind of design is designing this situation for you to learn something a little faster. Like your future self came back in time a little bit and is setting you up with this situation with this person to have a breakthrough of your own or to have some discovery, some self-discovery of your own, whether that's being discerning and leaving the situation or um, opening up to something that you might be closing down to, whatever it is, consider yeah. the agenda of your future self. If they, if your future self were setting you up right now in some situation to have you learn something, what would they be trying to have you learn? And you do have access to that. That's the, that's the fun part is we actually have access to this just by um, sort of moving our consciousness into the future and reflecting back retrospectively. It, it, there's all kinds of surprising insights that, that show up like, Oh God, I, I, this is, this reminds me of this and this and this and this other time. And I could really end the cycle for myself right now. I could, you know, I could open up to this person in a way that I haven't before, or I could, um, you know, set my boundaries and hold, hold the bar higher for myself as far as what I'll tolerate. And this could really be the, the end of it. But I think to look at something like it's a direct reflection can be disempowering often. It can be like, all right, how am I imbalanced? How am I, what's wrong with me? Instead mm -hmm. of, you know, the alternative, which is from the future, your future self, which you will be, which you're going in that you already, you already have access to your future self. It's, it's completely level five energy to switch it up this way and think about yeah. the opportunity of what you would be teaching yourself if, if you came back in time. Yeah. It's really recognizing and ultimately accepting all the parts of yourself and gaining awareness um, of how you want to be in the future. That's, it was, that's beautiful. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Well, Bob, I hope that helped you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the amazing thing about energy awareness is we get to choose. Um, for me, going through coaches training and going through the process of learning about energy leadership, to realize that I actually get to choose how I'm going to respond and what energy level I want to default to really helped me to create that future person that you were just talking about. And what energy do I want to resonate from? You know, I right. also don't think that it stops bad things from happening. It doesn't stop change from occurring, which can be also very difficult for some people. But it does give us the freedom to live with a sense of well-being and satisfaction when we know that we have a choice. So, totally. again, yeah. So, again, as we walked through your beautiful expression of the levels of energy, I, I'm continually inspired by that and um, all of your contributions tonight. So one thing that I am curious about is what was the intention that you had set behind your blog? why I'm excited about the election? Um, well, 
one of my best friends, Chris Bentley, who I have, I have one of my blogs called Chris Bentley, um, was depressed. And he's one of the, he's one of the coolest people I know. He's so inspired and selfless and just on a mission. I look up to him so much and in so many ways and the depress and the, the election just depressed him. He was like, it was almost funny. I've just never seen this guy like this. I mean, he was yeah. so bummed. And, and um, so he wrote to me, he said, cheer me up. Yeah. And I said, I'll, uh, I'll cheer you up once you, once you're, you're more interested in changing your perspective than you are in um, being right about Donald Trump being a shitty president. So once your ah. priorities shift from, from, you know, being right and making all these Trump supporters wrong to one of, all right, I really want to, I want to experience this differently. Then I'm going to, then I can help you. And just telling him that sparked such a, it was like, well, then what am I going to tell him? And mm. how am I going to, and it, it just, that essay flowed out. I remember my, uh, my team was like, Corey, come on, let's go get dinner. And I was like, no chance. I need to write this. I got this news. This is like on its way out of me. So I better catch it. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, Corey, something worked through you. I wrote this down. I can help you when you're willing to change your perspective from being open when you're more interested in changing your perspective yeah when you're more interested in changing your perspective than being right ah that's beautiful yeah so probably that alone was enough to sort of bolt him out of you know that whatever low level of energy he was operating at whether he's angry or just depressed or whatever you know He's vacillating probably between both of them. (laughs) And yeah, that was probably enough for him to at least move up to level three and begin to think about it in a different way. So the title of the blog is um, what excites me about um, the election. Why I feel good about the election. Yeah, what what I felt. So what do you feel good about? About as far as the election? Yeah. It's just it's an amazing catalyst. It's huge. It's just the biggest catalyst ever. This guy is, um, he's just such a symbol for like what so many, you know, progressive um, people hate. He's such a, he's such an embodiment of just like the wrong direction in such a cool way. He's so, he's the perfect wrong direction. You know what I mean? So, so there's nobody better to get people who are going to feel just depressed and, and rocked by this whole situation. I mean, nobody wants to feel that way. And this is a circumstantial thing that's, that's, um, that's prevalent that everybody is sort of facing. So I see this as just one of the coolest, biggest opportunities for people to sort of detach their emotional well-being and their experience of the world from their circumstances. I mean, if this, this, I mean, I can already see it happening. My friend, Chris Bentley, the one I I was just describing has, he printed this article out and is like giving it, giving it to people in person. I mean, this, 
that's why this, I mean, this message is so relevant for so many people right now because it's the, the catalyst is like the perfect catalyst for waking up. So I, I'm thrilled. Yeah. I think you're the perfect catalyst, Corey, for shifting people's perspective. So this is fabulous. So we're getting ready to to, uh, wrap up the show here. So do you have any final thoughts? Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to share or any final thoughts about, uh, you know, the shifts we were talking about? Well, there, I think there's like big takeaways that if I could have everybody know something um, or remember one thing, mm-hmm. there's these, these two takeaways or these two really important things to know that it's, to me, it's just, you got to get these things integrated. They're like the prerequisites for self, for self work. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one is to know that all circumstances are neutral, that um, what's going on out there any appearance, any event, any circumstance is empty and meaningless. It is is zero. It is blank. That is imperative. That down gives you options. To get that down gives you access and a level head and clarity. It gives you options. I mean, this is, that's freedom. I I associate that point number one with with interpersonal freedom and personal freedom. Um, And then the second takeaway is that point that I made with Chris Bentley about uh, once you're more willing to change your perspective than you are to, um, you know, be right, despair or being right, or, you know, mm-hmm. it's usually, it is being right. It's once you're more committed to adding value to the world, to um, empowering yourself, to doing something, to changing something, to being the change you want to see, than you are to being right that is the shift that it's that that's what I could call willingness. It's like being open, being receptive, being um, that. And it's like being uh, humble really. Mm. So it's that humility that's, so those are the two sort of prerequisites for this, for, for raising consciousness. Honestly, that's what I think is knowing yeah. that everything is neutral and um, having the willingness and the humility to um, add value to the world and, and change your perspective. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I totally agree with what you've just said, and you have just a beautiful way with words, Corey, um, to express that. Put words to what people probably are feeling or want to feel or want to be. You've been able to put some words to it, and so... Um, it's, it's just beautiful. So if anyone who's listening would like to follow Corey, her blog is at CoreyKatuna.com, C-O-R-Y-K-A-T-U-N-A.com. And again, the website for Trinfinity is Trinfinity.us. So um, gosh, if anything on the show today, those of you who are listening sounds familiar or if you think you need some help with an objective party to help you sort of shift that perspective, check. Hello.
Okay. Hello. <laughs> I think I might have dropped out for a while, Corey. Oh yeah. <laughs> we had too much phone. energy flowing through the, the phone lines. I I, I nice. I'm in Chicago, and I, you'd think I'd have beautiful signal here, but uh, something went awry. But in any case, uh, anyone who's listening tonight that feels like they need a partner or someone who can be objective to help them shift their perspective, just check out my website at brindabairdcoaching.com. Corey, it has absolutely been a delight having you on the show. I hope you'll come back. Yeah, and- I love this. Thank you so much for reaching out to me, Brenda, yeah. for the cool questions and the insightful prompts. This has been wonderful. Yeah, we can continue this conversation about energy and self-mastery. So I'm glad that you'll, you'll come back. And listeners, Hi. thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to being with you again on December 13th for the next episode of Being a Leader live with Brenda Baird. So with that, I think that is a wrap, Tommy. So until next time, everyone, be safe and have fun. Thank you again, Corey. And bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.